and gentlemen, and welcome to Series 2, Episode 7 of George Ezra and Friends, the podcast. Um, our guest this week is the lovely Leif Volbeck, who is an amazing Canadian musician. Um, but on top of that, he is an extremely good sport. And the reason I say that is because this this episode couldn't have come about any more last minute if we'd tried. So uh, how it came about was... Uh, myself and the band, we had a show in Montreal, in Canada. Um, I sat backstage, I was uh, perusing Instagram, and I saw that Leith had posted that he was playing a show in Montreal that day. It was an in-store of sorts. I think it might have been record store day over there. So he was either playing in a record store, or a little bar, or a bookshop. I can't quite remember. And I was suddenly hit with the notion I just thought well if you don't ask you don't get so I slid into his DMs yes indeed and I said hello uh, I do this podcast I sit down with musicians and I know this is last minute um, but I would absolutely love to sit down and chat with you and if you'd be at all interested um, I'm only in town today Um, you know if we can make it happen whatever needs to happen let's do it um, and he said yes, <laughs> uh, which is amazing, um, hence why he's such a good sport. He came around about an hour and a half after I messaged. Uh, we were on my tour bus, kind of sat down, chatting through everything that Leaf does, how he does it, and what he plans to do in the future. Now, because of that, I would just like to say this episode is, of all the episodes I've done, this has had... I had done the least research or the uh, the least planning before sitting down with the guest and that's because an hour before we sat down together I didn't know it was happening so please bear with me you know regarding that I should also say some people don't believe in jet lag I certainly do and when I travel uh, initially I'm kind of inside out back to front upside down all over the place and I get a bit jittery and I can't string sentences together and you know I, so that was going on as well <laughs> oh you're in for a treat I'm really selling it aren't I no but that was going on and just the the combination of those two things and the fact that I'm a massive fan a fanboy of Leafs um, so please just bear those three factors in mind um, when listening to this episode um, the thing that I fell in love with Leaf for was an album that he released in 2017 and it is an album called Twin Solitude. Um, before that I had listened to an album of his called North Americana and for whatever reason had kind of lost touch with that along the way and then a friend of mine, Noah, um, shout out Noah, um, Noah said have you heard this album? Twin Solitude at the time I hadn't and then I just fell completely in love with it it is a, an amazing emotional and beautiful album um, which I listened to kind of religiously and habitually for a long time uh, and I urge any of you that haven't heard that album Twin Solitude I urge you to go and listen to it um, if you've got any in particular I, I can remember times where I've listened to it on journeys, you know, in the back of cars, on trains, on planes. If you've got a journey coming up, even if it's your journey to work, um, stick on the album. It's a beautiful little escape from everything else. Um, so yes, thank you, Lee, for that. Sorry, I am completely rambling. I would just like to say, before we get into it, at the halftime break of this podcast episode, we will hear a word from our partners. Now, our partners are a charity called Mind. Um, and Mind are a charity here in the UK that help all of us with our mental health Um, no matter how big or small whatever we are experiencing they have people whose main goal is to help us uh, work things out and understand better what it is we're going through Uh, I think it's fair to say that their main aim is to make sure that you know everybody that needs help um, can get it Um, just before we get to that, um, if you are interested in Mind, they, they have a website, uh, which is mind.org.uk. And on that website, there are links for if you personally feel as if you need to talk to somebody, um, that, that that's all there straight away when you open the page, that's there. Or it, there's even if you feel as if you need to talk to somebody urgently, there's links for that as well. Um, 
And if you personally don't feel as if you need to talk to anybody, um, there's also a link to donate. And of course, charities can only do the amazing work they do if we donate. So that is what I'm here to tell you. But that's at a half-time break. Sorry, I've probably just said too much. And if you're listening to this outside of the UK, there's a good chance you won't hear that. You might just hear an advert. I still don't know how that's playing out. But if you're listening to this podcast outside of the UK, you might hear an advert. Yeah, so here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Leif Volbeck. So I, before we start, I just want to say like how I got introduced to your music. And it was... You know, kind of the like algorithms of Spotify. Yeah, they nailed it. So I had an album on, and I don't know which one it was. So crazy. And then it flowed into your North Americana record, and this was like two years ago, maybe oh. eighteen months ago. Oh, okay. And so I was like, oh, this is amazing. And you I was like listening the other to record. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. But then, but what happened was we were on tour last year, last summer, and my friend Noah. Villeneuve, who is also from Bristol, so he came to see you. But he is Villeneuve. But his family are Canadian. Okay, I was like, so Canadian. He, in fact, would call himself Canadian. Okay. So let's say Noah's Canadian. Does he have a a Canadian accent? No, he grew up in Bristol. Okay. Um, Hold on. He was like, oh, there's this dude. Am I pronouncing your first name right if I call you? Leaf. Leaf. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. He was like, have you heard Leaf? And I was like, hang on. I know that name. Yeah. And then he was like, you need to listen to the new record, Twin Solitude. Yeah. And I just, I I don't know, I don't want to be gushy at all, but I oh, please, just love it. <laughs> I, like, it's just, it spoke to me on a lot of different levels, and I'm still just absolutely, we put it on backstage all the time. Well, that's what Josh said, and yeah. I, was, I was like, I was like, he's like, I was like, the, that was like the nicest thing to hear. I was yeah. like listening to like demos, and I was like, am I doing the right thing? It was nice to have some positive. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. <laughs> so I, yeah. But it means that, and in the best way, I don't know much about you at all. I just know that there's this dude in Canada that writes and records music that I love. Oh, and great. I, like That's so th- nice. So it'll be amazing to talk to you and find out. Did you grow up in Montreal? I grew up in Ottawa, which okay. is like two hours away from here. Is it north of? It's like, it's west. It's okay. west that way. And it's like a small town. Is it like countryside? Kinda... No, it, it's like, it's... It's it, well, it's surrounded by the Ottawa Valley and like countryside, but it's like like a it's the capital. It's kind of like bureaucratic a little bit, okay. you know. It's a bit stuffy. Some people say. Yeah, yeah. And when we were like, <laughs> yeah, <I say. laughs> um, when we literally just now kind of put this in to get together, you said Montreal's a small town. It won't take you long to get here. Yeah. Is that the same where you grew up? It's really it, Ottawa's even smaller. Okay, I think well. Where I hang it, where like you'd go in Ottawa mm-hmm. is small. Like it's a bit more sprawling, maybe. I don't know. And did that? Well, you know, it's is smaller. It's straight up smaller. Yeah. Montreal is like the third biggest city in Canada, or behind Vancouver, Toronto, Toronto. Yeah. Toronto. Yeah. And did that? Was that a positive? Like, were you playing music from a young age? Yeah. Well, it was weird. I mean, I really have a soft spot for Ottawa, but I also like you know when you grow up somewhere, you you know exactly how to hate it. <laughs> you know, and I know exactly how to hate Ottawa. But <laughs> I also really love. But I also lo- like. But that means that I care about it too, because I'm disappointed when when a good venue closes, you know, and turns into a dance club. You know, like a, the best venue in Ottawa, like turned into a dance club that's just open Fridays and Saturdays for like alcohol and drinks, and no bands, just DJs. You know, and like yeah, yeah. that pisses me off. Yeah. Means Ottawa sucks. You okay. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's because I love that venue. Yeah, amazing. Um, but um, no, it, there's not. There's not. Now it's different, but. When I grew up, there wasn't a lot of music in Ottawa. Well, how old were you when you kind of started to play? I'm sorry, these questions are going to be like, oh, yeah. I just don't know. Oh, yeah. No, I started playing when I was six, I guess. I uh, my, my grandpa played... Uh, he died when I was six, but he played violin and guitar and piano. And so all of his instruments were... He left instruments at my, at my mom's house or my parents' house. And so I would... When he'd come over, he'd play, and then when he passed away, I was like, I asked my mom if I could have violin lessons. I was like, five or six. Yeah. I think I was five, because then a year later, I told her, you lied. And she's like, what? And she's like, what, what do you mean I lied? She's like, 
a year ago, you told me. I didn't know if it was a year. <laughs> but I said, I asked you a long time ago if I could have violin lessons. You said yes, and you didn't. And then she was like, she was like heartbroken that like she thought I was like a passing. I've been waiting for oh, a year. Oh no way! Yeah. So, so she rectified it. She rectified me, got me lessons, and a tiny violin. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I did for a long time, and then, and then I hated it, and then I, I quit because I didn't like taking lessons. Okay. And then I picked up guitar, and that's when I played everything else. So now you're kind of. Are your main instruments guitar and piano? Yeah. Am I yeah. right in saying you play on the record the kit as well, the drum? No, drum? no. But this guy Olivier plays most of the okay. groups on the on the Olivier Fairfield. He he played a lot with Timber Tambor as well. Um, who's another Canadian band? Um, no, but the grooves I was kind of like, not all of them, but on like Elegy and Vancouver Time and Into the Ether. I was like. I was like, here's exactly the feel and the groove, and then he was like, oh, and then he like made it music, you know? Because yeah. when I play the kid, it's really it's there's like a song punky. on Twin Solitude where it sounds like you're beatboxing it at the beginning. Yeah, the kid I, yeah, it was literally in. that. Okay, yeah, amazing. Literally that, just like get. Oh no, this is because ex- yeah, because yeah. it's weird. Like he when I tried it with different people, and they were all doing, they all did it really well. I, he, he's maybe the. F- fourth person I, I tried that song with there's like a, like a solo acoustic version of that song mm-hmm. and there's like a like a trip hoppy thing that I hate okay. and I can't believe I, I hated it <laughs> no one will ever hear yeah it was really bad it was like you know when you don't know you write the song and you don't know how it's going to come out and and you hear for me I need to hear it back like in, on proper speakers and then you go then you s- kind of get the image and then you go oh no that's not what the song's about you know yeah, and yeah, yeah. so it's like you write the song but then producing the song I find as well, because people ask, um, how hard is it to put music around the song that you've written? And I'm kind of like, sometimes it's hard to get there, but there's only one right way for the song to sound, I find. It kind of, it lends itself to, I need to sound like this. And it just, the hard bit sometimes is figuring out that. Yeah, Yeah, because it's not, it's not about knowing, it's about knowing what you don't want. Like, Mm -hmm. you're like, well, it's not that. Oh no, it's not going to be that. It's not going to be that. It's not going to be that. And then eventually you find what's left and then you're like, "Well, it's that." But it's 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 almost like you have to pick away at it, like, you know, like you know, the the artwork is in the stone and you have to like go go and get it. It's not yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not always obvious. I've tra- I was exactly that as well. I was trying to explain to somebody recently. I was like it's so much easier to focus on what you don't want. I think in yeah. life, in general, we know more about what we dislike <laughs> than what we like, yeah. I think. Yeah, well, in the studios that I think I like something, I'll try something and I'll be like, oh, this sounds great, let's go in. And then we record it and I listen back and I go, okay, yeah, it's exactly that, not that. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like you got to go and, and hear it. I need to hear it right and back. When you and record, do you... Uh, uh, is it you know, musicians in a room recording as live, or how do you like yeah, to go w- about it? Well, that, uh, the other records were like live, everyone in the room, and it, it's easier to know if things feel right, but then the sound becomes a bit washy, and then I realize that it's this selfish thing where I know what it sounded like in the room, and that's what I remember. I don't actually listen to the record, and then other people hear like a distant version okay, of it. Okay, You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the last one, I figured out that we could be live, but it would just be drums, and uh, the last songs that I recorded, which were the ones I mentioned, Vancouver Time, Elegy, and Into the Ether, those are the ones where I was like, oh, just me and a drummer, I sing the live vocal take, and we do it next to each other, so there's a little bit of bleed, uh-huh. but everything else that goes on, is, and there's not much, is added after, and it can be nice and clean, and also it's less distracting yeah. to, to not have like a bunch of people like, yeah, because uh, I'm still a control freak, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I... I Anyhow, well, I, I find it as well. It's kind of you want to. I don't know. I don't want to be wasting people's time in the room. I kind yeah. of want to have an idea of what yeah. it's. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Well, th- I find that once you, for me, once I hear the vocal, the groove, and anything that's just indicating the chords, then I can hear what goes, yeah, yeah. like what where where the holes are, and or like you get the feeling of the song, and that's what people hear when you're a kid and you don't know anything about music, and you hear music, you hear the groove. You hear like some basic like mush. I think like you hear it as a feeling. I think yeah. you hear it as like this is, uh, you know, happy, sad. Yeah, con- and like all the all the range in between. Like yeah. I, ju- I remember until I learned how to like decompose and like pick apart each instrument in a in a song. I just heard the Beatles as like one thing. It, like I didn't even hear different voices. You just hear the harmony as like this one wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, 
like maybe you'd hear like you know I have to remind myself that the reality is that's what a lot of people listening to my records hear which is the that, best thing yeah because we're, a gift. we're <laughs> musicians and it's our job to freak out about certain sounds and yeah. but the thing is actually and it's no bad thing at all but people listening often are, are just seeking a feeling yeah they're, they're well it's this weird thing where you're like it can go either way it can be that all those tiny adjustments you made created this feeling that's inexplicable or they all were meaningless and the feeling was always there <laughs> or you yeah. destroyed the feeling that you yeah. did have you don't know because you're just kind of hearing it you know and in so that way just to jump back so you're growing up in this town that you have a love-hate relationship. I know exactly what you mean. By yeah, the way. It's kinda like I mean, I love Ottawa. Yeah. Like, I do. It's just that, you know, like, it just, when I was trying to get, uh, sorry, because I, I, I know that whenever someone hears me talk shit about Ottawa, they're like, fuck you. No, you know? no, 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 yeah, I get it. It's at all. Yeah. It is a love-hate. Yeah. It's that thing of, like, it's you great. can only, yeah. No, you I, can only love the ones you hate. Yeah, yeah. Is that? Okay. No, it's not a thing. But you, yeah. you, so you, you know, playing around with guitar and piano and w did you have friends that were on a, like similar <laughs> no, no friends. did you have friends <laughs> no but were you like in groups with, was there opportunities to go and perform live is I, there a scene there i well yeah like okay l let's be clear um uh, there's a scene there now and it's great and there's a lot of great music in ottawa right now I, but like 10 years ago like it was like pretty slim pickings so then that's when i i left to come to montreal but um when i was growing up in high school yeah there were like uh, friends playing guitar at school and like I'd try to get bands together but it would just be like I'd be like telling everyone what to play and like it was it, like nobody was like seemingly as like uh, gung-ho I had like one friend we tried to do a couple like uh, gigs or whatever but basically I was just alone in the basement and I got a little four-track cassette recorder and that's what I would spend I think I spend most of my time doing that even during school like uh, during the summers that's what I did I just would like play drums bass violin piano and r make songs i have all these awful records <laughs> i think i made like five records yeah. that i you know no I, one should ever hear oh they've they've they were heard they were I, heard the thing is though i i've and i'm people listening to the podcast will get bored of me saying this i think but we owe so much to adolescence in creativity into kids making music because they don't question stuff yeah. and i remember being 15 and 16 and making awful stuff but not so confident yeah i'm <laughs> not thinking like oh is this too much like this or what will these people think you're you, just doing it you don't even know you have influences yeah you think like yeah i was like every, everything like sounded like coldplay like, like, <laughs> yeah. like i was like i was like and i thought it was like because it was my idea I was like i was listening to a lot of coldplay yeah. like in grade 10. yeah, yeah. yeah. no but it, you i remember thinking like i think i'd written like people like were like how many songs you wrote i'm like i don't know like 70 80 yeah. and it had been like like a year quantity over quality yeah but i didn't even there was like there was no difference it was just like prodigious you yeah, know like yeah. and it was just like when yeah. you say you were listening to what were around as well as coldplay what else were you listening to a lot growing in, up in high school it was i had a really weird smattering i basically only listened to the beatles and motown and like oldies stuff because uh, that's what my parents listened to, and I didn't even listen to the radio on the FM dial. It was just the AM, so that was talk radio or oldies. Like uh -huh. that's all. Like so, until I was like twelve, and then and then I kind of got into like, yeah, like Radiohead and Coldplay. That's it, <laughs> and then that was it. Like, and I were you obsessive? Yeah, I only listened to like one artist at a time all the way through. Uh -huh. So I did that. Coldplay and, and Radiohead was it for high school, and then I went, and then after high school, I just like went into like Bob Dylan and Neil Young, uh -huh. and then. Yeah, and then I went through a Prince thing. Mm -hmm. That's about it. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe yeah, a Miles yeah. Davis thing. Yeah, that's about it. Ray Charles, you know. Do you find yeah. that I've because my like I, it's so annoying. People sit you down and go like, "Who are your top three influences?" And you go, "Fuck, I don't know." But you answer it once, and then you have to stick to your gun. So I'm 18 in an interview. Someone asks, who you're, <laughs> and I say Bob Dylan. Yeah. Like every singer songwriter. Yeah. But I figured actually. And I love them. Like, I fell in love with his music at 13, 14. Yeah. Oh, that's young. But, well, kind of, to yeah, me, yeah, in my I mind. I didn't get it. That was when I was first writing. I remember you used to be able to. Do you remember when MP3 players were like, the USB thing was on the end yeah. and it was a one unit? Yeah, I, that was the best. Yeah. And it looked great. People used to feed the headphones up their school jumper down their right arm and then pretend they're resting their head on their hand. Oh, and you could listen to songs in class. Okay. And I remember listening to the best of Dylan, you know, one. It's a good record. And uh, it, Tambourine Man was the one that stood out. That's the one that I got into. Yeah. That's the one I always liked. I could liked. see it. Yeah. And I don't know if like, there's something childish about. 
Hey, Mr. Tambourine. That song is like, I mean, uh, that could be, I mean, you could go down the Dylan hole, but that could be easily be one of the greatest songs like ever, at, at least one of his greatest songs. But that was the one that I got into as well. Like, that one would come on and I'd just kind of be in a trance, you know? And it's like about him being in a trance, and listening to someone else. Wa- and it, it like doesn't, yeah. the verses don't yeah. stop, yeah. Oh God, it's so good. But also like, he has some songs, he has a song like Idiot Wayne. There's certain songs where like, uh, you know, he has like, he rhymes, it's like, a A A B C C C D Q Q Q B D like and it, like it's all so it's subconsciously it's working on you because you're like waiting for the rhymes to resolve like in the yeah, meantime yeah. so the doesn't matter it kind of makes you feel like the verse is actually quite short because you only hear like tomorrow and I sorrow see rhyme what you know you're and saying. he yeah, like yeah. kind of like works on you and the t- Mr Tambourine Man is one of those songs where like he really did like weave it. You know, and it's coming out so good. Have you heard the the Live at Budokan record? I never really listened to that one. That's funny. Usually I'd be like, yes, I heard it. No, 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 like I'm not doing it in a have you heard, but that was one of the few records that had like of live records. And I got a record player and I would listen to it each night. And they do Tambourine Man. And there's this like electric guitar going wow 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 at the beginning, but it's a really cool version. Oh my god, there's so many. Yeah, I went to a. Oh, it's called Hard Rain. Do you know this one? No. This is a live one. It's like post Desire, okay. I think. And he like does like, it's like this rock and band. Can and I just say quickly? Yeah. So me and my friend want to start a podcast called Pod Dylan, where we just talk about Bob Dylan. You're definitely going to be a guest. <laughs> I like so. Keep it going. <laughs> the thing is that like I just spend so much time like pouring yeah. over these songs and like the different versions and like yeah like you know when he goes eh, that's yeah. a fourth usually and, <laughs> and i'm like and i've like figured it out you know and when people cover him they sing the third and like that's why it doesn't okay. work as well because it's but you're like screw the melody yeah, yeah i don't know yeah no i'm i'm in deep but uh yeah hard rain is a good live record okay i'm gonna yeah. have to check that out <laughs> and so th- when you moved to montreal mm-hmm. was that with like this is th- like to focus on music or I was, was like, it I, I gotta go make music and uh yeah i i i I just everyone I knew in Canada that was a musician or made a good record was living here, and and so I was like, well, I gotta go, and I just in Ottawa at the time I would like book shows, and I was like, how do people come to this show? I put out flyers. I, the internet wasn't really like yeah, yeah. bumping, you know, and nobody would come, and I would just be like, what am I doing? And then Montreal, I just booked a show, and then people were there. It made no sense. Like this this city is like so fertile it's like it's a gift to any young musician in canada Amazing. or in the world yeah and every show i booked and today i just did a record store like a uh, gig uh, and uh, it's this little record store uh, called l'oblique um and it's oblique i guess and uh i brought my cd there and he's like and he listened to it and he's like i love it and he sold a hundred copies in a year and then big bands were like going at the record store and were buying my record and then asked me to open for them like this is like the best city no to be a musician way. it was like that's why it's so hard to that's why not to to be like oh ottawa but at the time ottawa wasn't what i needed what i needed was this city and it just always you know i you know just perfect for stealing other people's drummers <laughs> 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 and like yeah yeah no it's a, it's a great city for that and it, it does exactly that and yeah. so you feel when you come here you felt welcome straight away in a yeah sense. Really did you have a contact did you have a friend you were staying at or did you not really i, I like a high a friend from high school was 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 living here and we just were roommates but he was uh, in the jazz scene so it's like a totally different thing i just kind of like yeah you just kept i kept meeting whenever i met someone that was amazing i'd be like hey you want to be in my band and they'd say yeah okay sure and you know that's kind of how it went so how big's your band now? Is it like the whole of Montreal? Well, now my, now my band kind of disappeared. So yeah. I'm kind of like, I feel like now the incubation period in the in this city is kind of over. Now it's kind of like I feel like I'm at, I'm meeting people from further and further away that okay. t- tend to like that I want to play with that influence me. So right now it's just like, yeah, like just me and like my drummer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few different drummers really, L- yeah. like. The thing that I think grabbed me with North Americana first, um, it's like I absolutely love geography and music, and yeah. not like factual geography. I mean, fuck me, I wrote yeah. a song called Budapest having never been there, but like it just <laughs> like that. no. But that's the thing, yeah. But that's I, the thing when you haven't been somewhere. That's like the you part can of your make brain. It up. Well, yeah, it's that weird like high, like teenage confidence. And like, it's th- but also it's the yeah. romance of this place yeah. where. But it's kind of, and with Twin Solitude as well, like it's you mention places and you kind of timestamp places to different. Is yeah. it? 
have you done a lot of exploring? Are you have you been out and kind of? Yeah, I like that. I like traveling. Like, uh, I just like traveling and being at different places. And then I don't like being anywhere without a purpose. And so I like and I so being a musician is this weird like wait I'm gonna go play music elsewhere. That's all I want to do. That sounds great. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I, I noticed that I always did it like name places. And it's like a classic song thing too, but I was, I'm rather like consistent with name dropping <laughs> of cities. But I just was like, I'm not going to stop it if it comes. And it just seems to be like this color that like, like a backdrop, you know, or like a, like a set for like a, for a play, you know, and it's just like, well, here's the set design. It's, uh, it's going to be this town and then anything can happen. And yeah. then it just, ev there's just like this, uh, juxtaposition that's constantly happening that allows you and I, I there's nothing that's better than traveling being somewhere you've never been before and you see a sign and you're like oh i jackson i, I johnny cash you know and yeah. then you, you feel you you have like even though it makes no sense it's not really logical but emotionally you're like connected you know and and you I, have an idea of what that place is just through three minutes and 20 seconds exactly you know? and it just yeah it just like makes you feel good you know and that's this is about like him being in love with you know uh, is that is that is that the one that starts with we got married in a we fever? Got married yeah, in a fever. you know, like what a song! Like you're just like driving through Jackson, maybe getting gas, and you're like thinking about like. Doesn't it turn out that it's not the right thing to have done to marry that girl? And like, you know what? That's a great question. <laughs> I think, no, I think he does. I think it turns out because he starts saying like, you know, if there's other girls out there, here I come. <laughs> I'm fairly sure that's where he goes to. I can have to look this up because I'm not that good of a okay. Johnny Cash. I saw this amazing poster. That was like, I can't. I, I'm fairly sure it was America of just the song of each town that's been written oh, about yeah. that you know. Yeah. So whether it's like this time I'm walking to New Orleans, yeah. there was like Fats Domino, and the, yeah, the whole map was. Yeah. This that's how I see the world. No joke. That's actually how I see the world. Yeah. Like yeah, and and Bob Dylan's the best at that. The best is when you know it's it, it's buried in the song and it's not the title. That's the best. You know, if you see her say hello, she might be in Tangier. Like you know, like you know. Uh, Oh my god, that's the best. I, d I did something on my, d I've just released a, a record, my second record, and I don't, I still don't know if I've gotten away with it or not, but I opened a song with Once Upon a Time in South Africa. Oh great. And I never thought I would open a song with Once Upon a Time, it's like that, that school thing of a, and then they woke up and it was all a dream. Yeah, It's yeah, like the equivalent allowed. of doing that. No, but it's, but it, no, I think, but it, I did it, I went there. No, that, that's great. You, yeah. you can do, you, yeah. What, what? It's perfect. Oh, it's the perfect way to no, it's Do you know this guy, Gregory Allen Isakov? He's no. born in. You'd love him. He's he's born in South Africa. Okay. Um, speaking of, and uh, yeah, no, he's he's, as you would say, brilliant. Mm -hmm. He's yeah. I'll, I'm gonna play you some of his stuff. Okay. It's like so good. Yeah. Really great lyrics, kind of like a Leonard Cohen-y. Yeah. yeah uh, Leonard Cohen was that like a name for you? Did yeah, you as a Canadian boy. That's yeah. what I mean. Is that a, like? Is, have I just done the worst thing by being like you're Canadian? Yeah, you, must you know what? To <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> no, yeah, I know Leonard Cohen was like a. It was like a big thing. It's like this. Again, I have the love hate thing because like I, I like I didn't like him at first, and then I like fell deeply in love with his first record and listened to it all the time, and it was like this. Just I'd go to sleep putting it on, and I just put it on, flip it over, and put it on again, and then my first record like. Which I really don't like. I have like little letter cone references, you know. I'm just like, you know, and yeah. And then, and then you just like break free, and you're like, okay. And then I thought, I thought I was good. And then in the in the last couple of years, he just kind of came back, and like just insinuated himself in my life in many different ways. There and um, the songs get good again. Yeah, oh, mate. He released an album when I just signed to my record label, and they were they were working on that album. Okay. And so I think they do that thing of like. Yeah, no, take a copy, man. Uh, like yeah. the, you know, yeah, 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 go through the it. The classic, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I got a copy of this CD. It's called Old Ideas, I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure. I didn't listen to that one. It's, see. it's amazing. It, they're always amazing. It's like I don't want it to be amazing. I don't want to go in because I, like, I don't need more proof yeah. that he's, that he's going to kill it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But there's it's something about him. It's very like spiritual music. It's like, you, it's hard. I don't think you really can cover a Leonard Cohen song in the... I mean, you can sometimes, in some of the ones. Yeah. And then when you do, everyone does it. Hallelujah, and like, yeah, hey, that's yeah. no way to say goodbye. Or, but in general, like, there's like this thing that he brings to the song. Like this, He's like got this like monk-like spiritual the, presence that when he sings the songs, they go all the way. Yeah. And, and when you cover it, you, know, you I mean, you could maybe do it. Your voice kind of has I like the, 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 thing the is, deep thing. The thing 
I, you got a Leonard Cohen covers record, I, and no, I'm like, oh no, shit. No, <laughs> no, I think the thing that I always get from listening to him is I can't help but think he's kind of having a laugh at my expense when I'm listening to it. Like he's like, there's you mean a, with the drum machines? No, there's just like a little wry smile in what he says. There's yeah. like a a comedy, like a humor. Yeah. Not always, of course, but there's like a little a wit. Yeah, that it's kind of. I don't know. I think he was a cheeky man. Oh, I think cheeky is true. But also, <laughs> yeah. But he, it's because I think also that um, he's, he's he's a deeply emotional person. But I think also, you know, from I think he first, he felt pain in, a, in an intense way. And I think like comedians are often like people that are so wounded and and having to suffer because comedy is the is is the only time that you can like suppress your emotions. That's what's funny is like you put your emotions aside and make a joke, you know. The English are excellent at that, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think there's something about Leonard Cohen where, like, because it's so heavy, he like can get away with making something funny because he's hurting enough that it's the only way to make it the cut go deeper yeah, yeah. somehow. I don't think he's laughing at you. I think he's I think he's laughing at the situation, yeah. which which makes you, for me, it makes me like when Leonard Cohen sings, you're Leonard Cohen, you know, like when he says, like I'm lonely, you're lonely, like mm -hmm. he just kind of like. You know, I find that he's never singing to me. He's like singing like right next to me, you know? Hello and welcome to the halftime break, the interval. This is the part of the show where I take a minute to tell you about what I am doing, what is going on in my life. Um, I record this quite early uh, in January of 2019. So as I look ahead, there is just an awful lot of touring. Um, from here, we're going to be doing shows in Dubai, Australia, New Zealand, to anybody bought, that bought tickets for those shows. Thank you very much. Um, in March, we head out on the biggest tour that I've ever done of the UK. Uh, and when I say biggest, I don't mean the amount of dates that we're doing, but certainly the size of the venues that we're playing. Um, they're huge! Um, so that's extremely exciting. Also nerve-wracking, if I think about it for too long. But I tend, tend not to do that if I can try. Um, so we've got that, and of course Europe. To anybody, I know I keep saying it, but I really mean it. If you have bought a ticket, if we are seeing you at one of those shows, thank you very much. Um, other than that, I think you're best off heading over to georgeezra.com because I'm always a bit useless with the actual information of these things. So if you head over to georgeezra.com, that's where you'll find more information about tour dates. You will, of course, find music uh, and videos. Uh, there will also be a link there for my journal. Now, for those of you that don't know what the journal is, I kind of touch on it each week. But essentially, once a week, I sit down and I write up a journal entry of everything that I've been doing that week. And that will cover you know, music and touring and my personal life and just things that I'm experiencing and going through. Um, and then uh, if you've signed up to the journal, that just lands in your email inbox each week without you having to do anything else. Um, I love doing it. I get the feeling that the people that get it, they enjoy it. Well, I mean, the, the reason I say that is because each week um, I receive a lot, a lot, a lot of replies from all around the world, from all of you lovely people that let me know what you're doing, uh, which I love. So much so that we've actually included Correspondence Corner, which is the part of the journal where once a week we feature a reply that we got the previous week, and I love that. Always puts a smile on my face, so thank you very much for that. Um, but yeah, other than that, georgeezra.com is the place to go. And uh, now I'm going to hand you over to our partners. Fantastic. Now, without further ado, I think we should jump back into the conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, Elif Volbeck. I want to kind of stick on the kind of travelling around thing because it feels like there's no... It stands out in my head of listening to Twin Solitude. Once Noah had rec like been like put it on, we were in Glasgow in Scotland and... We were driving back down from that show and I had it on and on and on and it just, it feels like it's moving as a record. It feels like it's about being in transit somehow. Yeah. And it suits me. Oh, great. When I'm in transit. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, I just want to know, is there particular stories that, uh, that it came, that any of the songs came from, where you're on the move and... Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I was touring a lot, and so that's mostly what I... Also, I find that if, when you travel, you just... You don't know what's going to stick. It doesn't sound like you're talking about touring, though, which is a brilliant thing, because there's nothing worse than when people do the, like, another <laughs> hotel, the motel. lobby. Yeah, there exactly. we go, there's a line. Yeah, <laughs> which I did, I think, on, on, on my second record, and I was like, oh, God, I can't believe that line's there. But, um, no, but I, sometimes I'll... Uh, I go stir-crazy even if I'm not touring, especially if I'm not touring, because uh, traveling with instruments is, like, an emotional thing as well. And so sometimes it is nice to be completely, like... No, no bag or like at least no like expensive keyboard or like grandfather's guitar that you're in love with, you know, that you can't part with. Um, yeah, but I like you know I, yeah, I would my excuse would be that I'd book a show in Colorado and then book a show in LA and then like drive alone <laughs> between <laughs> okay, the two yeah. and like the most shows were like pretty small, but I was like I'm gonna do this, yeah. you know. Yeah, but um, I always try to give myself time and, and wherever I am, get there earlier or stick around a few days to, to just, just to like, yeah, and then empty my head. But for me, it's like, I just see things that you don't expect to see, and then you don't know when, but then later when you're at home writing, they're all like waiting, all these images are just kind of hanging around. Yeah, but that was, I don't know if I'll make a record that I like as much as the last one. I actually feel, it was like this thing that I've been, I finally just kind of, was like, oh, I'll just write the songs as they come and not decide what kind of record this is, if it's like this style or, or it's going to be poppy or not. And so, yeah, so all those songs are like kind of me being pretty relaxed about like, and like kind of just like writing them as they came. And so it, it's for me, it's a really calm record. And, and I, I've, there were like 20, 20 or 25 songs that we recorded. And we only kept those, or I, me, we, me and myself. We uh, only kept ten, and it was the ones that had that feeling. That com I think that kind of you. So then like you got rid of anything that might be jarring while it runs. Yeah, there, like because I have other songs that were a bit more like finger pointing, and like other ones were a bit maybe even like violent, like like a, like a like a like a crime scene kind of thing, and other ones were like a folkier thing. And the ones that stuck were these ones that had this kind of similar groove even and like tempo that just kind of like was kind of meditative, I guess. And I was like, if someone falls asleep or cooks to this record, I won't be insulted. That's that's ideal. Yeah. Like, kind of this sub... Like, like, you could put it on and not listen to it, and it would still f feel like something. As, as you know, when you're a kid and you hear music, it just makes you feel something. And that's what I wanted, okay, you know? Okay. And if you could like the lyrics, cool. And if you didn't, cool. But it's a... It's kind of a boring record, I think, for no, some man, people. No, you can't... You no, know? no, it's not... So, but I, I recommended it to... Um, Matthew Benson, who is a lovely man that plays trombone in the band when okay. we're on the road. And um, he said to me just uh, yesterday, it was, we were backstage and I put it on, and he said, it's the funniest thing. Normally, in a month turnaround, I kind of fall in love with an album, I get it, and then I'm over it by the end of the month or two months. And he just said, I've, I still haven't sussed it out. I'm still listening to it, and I'm not bored like I'm just it's still working for me still huh. all this time yeah I don't think it's a boring record it could it, well, it, well it, I think for some it's like very specific I think if you if it's like a, if, it, if you're in the zone for the record it, it, I think it works but I think a lot of people could be like I don't know like what's going how, on how yeah. do you kind of view um, reaction like do you go do you ever feel like oh too many people are talking about this record not enough people are talking about this record I want how do you see that side of it like you were yeah. saying you know I don't know are you are you your your relationship with an audience as mm. it were how do you see that I uh, only on the live side yeah only on the live side so and that's the best thing that's so the only people thing that's real. the shows that's you're happy yeah, well no that's the beginning that's you're stressed out and like hopefully you don't screw it up and then try to go to the next place with it part of the thing about the record was that I remember thinking if things were this sparse live I could do anything I wanted and people would know the songs and like know the structures and not be too not be needing like too many hooks or anything I could just do whatever I wanted and so it's been really fun to play the record live because it's just like some songs are just two chords do you so stay true to the record line? No, apparently not. Okay. Apparently, in my, <laughs> mind, like in my mind, it's like uh, the essential stuff is there, but that's not, you know, it's like production, like it, it could go many ways. I think it's pretty different. Um, okay. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit edgier 
and a bit faster. Because okay. I don't think it, you know, there's like your heart rate's a bit faster when you're yeah, in a group of people. Absolutely. You, s you kind of, you said just then, like, you don't think you'll ever write a record as good. Well, it's not the same anyways, but yeah, maybe not as good, I don't know. I don't think you should ever think like that, though, because you no, just don't know. No, but I, I just mean, like, I don't think it's that good. It's just that it was just this one thing, like, the kind of songs that I wrote, those are kind of like I, I've been waiting a long time to write these songs, and now I've, I've started working on another record, and I really like it, but it's just so different. Like, it's not remotely the same. It's like that was just this thing that happened, now it's, like, on to other things, you know? So it's, like, the kind of, like, quiet... Uh, like the quietness of it, I feel like, well, I don't know, maybe everything's the same. Maybe maybe the next record will be like totally the same. And I, in my mind, it's it might like be your thriller. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, that's the record to beat. That's yeah, always yeah. the record to beat. Maybe, oh, God, my A&R man always says, even, even Thriller could have done with another single. And every time <laughs> I'm like, come on, man, give, give a boy a break. I'm right in here, I'm doing my best. You kind of, you touched on, because there's something that is different between us for sure, you just touched on it, it's kind of like you were saying how you were looking forward to not relying on hooks in songs, mm. or d and, and that's kind of what I, in my own writing, it's kind of like, how many can we, like when I'm in the studio, I overpack it and then pull some away, hook-wise. Yeah. Well, see, I'm, I love hooks, and it was just, on this last one, it was just, I, I, I tried to add things, and it was like, it just needed... The songs were saying no. They were, yeah, they, I tried to add lots of stuff, you know, and like, it would just be like, oh God, and it would just sound bad. It was, there was just lots of stuff happening, even though there's not a lot happening. Yeah, just yeah. lots of space and exchange. But, no, I love hooks. Like, I mean, that's all I listen to, mm. is like poppy, like, like, hooky things, you know, like Prince or even like Thriller. It's like, that is the record. I mean, that's the best record ever, maybe, you know? I mean in that world. I yeah, I, I just, yeah. I'm kind of the opposite. I love hooky pop music and I do really, but actually w w when I'm by myself listening to stuff, often I will seek something more like yours. Yeah. But then when I go into the studio, I just see, I, I wouldn't often put on Thriller, I don't think. Yeah. Or I think it's too, which is bizarre. I've never thought about that until That's now. That's kind of interesting. Because I, 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 it's weird because I listen to the Thriller, but like once what? a once a week. <laughs> no, no, like in the past like couple of months, it's like kind of my reference, like record. Because and then I'm you like, go into the studio and you're like, I'm, I've had my fill of hooks from. Maybe MJ, that's what it is. You so need to like. Need to do it's like a like a balancing thing, you know. Whereas I'm doing the opposite. That's really. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And do, do you when yeah. you so you're working on a new album now? Do you have? Do you have an? Do you go like? I've got an idea of what I want an album to sound like. Let's go and do it, or is it just a work in progress? You it's keep writing, recording, yeah, writing, recording. It's it's the 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 two things. It's like I know exactly what I want, but it's this it's this it's this thing that I, I can't I can't describe and I can't see, but I know I know it, and yeah. I just go hunting. And you don't know when it's going to be done because you don't know when you'll have caught it because you don't even know what you're hunting for. Like you don't even know if like this is the rabbit you came for. You know. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you know. That you're gonna go do it obsessively till, yeah. till you can't do it anymore. Is it one <laughs> song I really want to talk about? My favorite is "Tell You Right." Oh, is that my pronouncing oh, cool. that right? Yeah, I, I mean, Tell yeah, I've right. never been there, so okay, you, you, there you yeah, go. you know how it goes. Right, yeah, right. Um, but also "East of Eden." So between my first and second record, I read two Steinbeck novels. Oh yeah, one was "Grapes of Wrath," and one was "East of Eden." Which one do you prefer? Um, Am I right in saying Grapes of Wrath is the one that is the most heartbreaking ending of all time? Is it the one where they're on the move, they're heading to California? That's Grapes of Wrath, yeah. which I haven't read. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so Grapes of Wrath, I just, I've never, I've, outside of my own reality, nothing has ever made me so heartbroken. Yeah, like it was just too, it was like, there came a time when there wasn't much left of the book and I realised it wasn't getting any better. Like, the situation yeah. wasn't fixing itself and I was like, <sighs> oh, you bastard, this is just, you're, it's just going, that is bad, it's bad, it's bad. That's like a funny way of putting it, like you realise there's not enough pages to fix yeah, this. Yeah. These are problems that are more than 100 pages yeah, long. Yeah, there's no dream that is being woken up from this yeah. time. Do you find this, where like, I know I love a book, but I can't remember what happened in I it? Can't 
remember what happened yesterday. Like okay. it's fine. It's all it's all inside. But of did your you like put down East of Eden having read it and go like I have to write a song about that or not about that but just you know well I was the reference to she's just like a book. I d yeah well that's it like this, the song has nothing to do with the book aside from the fact that while I was reading the book I had that thing about like the number of pages were left was a problem for me because it was like there's not th this is gonna end <laughs> and so do you. You're working on a record now. Do you tour pretty relentlessly? Is it just something that's an ongoing in your life? I, well, I, last year I was gone, like basically all year, and then um, I I had to. I asked my 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 booking agents, who are amazing. I was just like, let's like give me like a few months where I don't have anything, so I I'm not thinking about getting ready for the show. I mean, you know how it's like mm -hmm. where if you want to like actually figure out what the next thing is, you can't really be like walking out the door within 24 hours like and you know you want to have the set be the freshest it can be yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know or, or at least the best it can be and a half written song isn't a good idea to throw in there you yeah. know unless it's done you know yeah of course yeah so um i'm just playing uh, i'm touring a little bit less i'm gonna tour again more in the fall but right now i'm just doing like a gig every month <laughs> so okay, nice. know, yeah, two weeks to like kind of like forget about the outside world and then a few weeks to like realize that it it exists you yeah, know yeah. Yeah, recording. Amazing, man. And is there anything that, like, you were saying how your brother has a hockey podcast? Like, yeah. do you have stuff outside of music <laughs> that you can fall back on when music's getting too much? Do you? Um, no, but I did do a, a, which I was thinking about how I got into it again. Because two years ago, I think it's two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, I did a, I did a comedy night with only musicians doing comedy. Did you get up and do stand up? Yeah, yeah. But I like, I like put together this evening with like I only allowed musicians to do sets and it was because most musicians I know are very funny because they have to like get themselves out of many situations especially like in when they're starting out in bars like a need to be funny to like get something you know going that's such a good idea it went it went it went really well everyone was like vomiting nervous and uh, and everyone who came wanted to see everybody fail which is the perfect like audience like like kind of ready to goad them yeah. and like and everybody like just destroyed it was so fun i just got a bunch of musicians in montreal to do it there's a i listened to two podcasts in particular that are just interviewing comedians and i found i really enjoyed it when i was recording this album because i found it hard to listen to other music and i yeah. didn't want to hear musicians talking about i just no so, so it was like it was still entertainment and it was still talking about touring and creativity but it was comedians yeah I mean, that's my, that's, I just love comedy, it's, it's great. But I mean, I saw, uh, there was like a, David Letterman was doing his new show there, he was interviewing somebody, and, he, and at one point, he was interviewing somebody, it was Jay-Z, I think. <laughs> somebody he, said that interview was quite sticky. Someone watched it and said, I didn't like, finish it. it. Okay. What, what does sticky mean? Like, just Is it ropey? Because like, that's another English word that like I discovered. Like, it doesn't quite get going, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what it seemed like, maybe that's why I haven't finished it. Yeah. But uh, at one point. Well, this is this is a sticky thing, I guess. Is that he was like, um, David Letterman was like, is it ever like? It must be like kind of like writing a song. Like sometimes I, I, a joke comes to me, and I know it's good, and it, it it's done, fully formed, and it comes out of nowhere. It's like a gift. And then sometimes I just work at it and I work at it, work at it. But in the set, when I tell it, they both get the same laugh. They both work. And he's like, and that must be like that for a song. And I remember going. Oh, Dave, you just you just said the thing that I was like, oh, I just wanted to hear somebody say that because yeah. I used to think of you know like the Dylan camp of like yeah. writing really quickly and it being a hit, yeah. and then the Leonard Cohen camp of like spending four years and then it's like different and like what works and and it's like everything just happens and when it's good it's good when it's done it's done and I was like it felt great and then Jay Z was like no not really that's comedy yeah. oh, no <laughs> <way>. <laughs> or like no yeah, he's yeah. like not really Dave not for me yeah and it was really weird because I I was like oh that's great because. Yeah, because sometimes you think, you know, I'm, sh I'm sure you're the same, like, when it comes quickly and it works, you think that that's the only way to do it and you're a failure the other times. But most of the stuff you do, I'm sure, is, didn't happen, it's like, overnight. It's a long, long time, especially when yeah. I'm writing by myself. Sometimes I write with Joel. Often I write with Joel. Yeah. He's like a writing, part writing partner and bounce ideas off each other and everything. Whereas, like, so I've just released a single called Paradise. Yeah. And I came up with the verse melody and then maybe eight months later came up with the pre yeah and then like probably four months after that and it's that's not me every day trying to write it i just every now and then i pick up the guitar and that's what i choose to play yeah as an idea and then sometimes something comes that's off it. i think that's the thing is that it's not about 
nothing comes from like beating your head against the wall because then that's the mood that goes into the song you know and maybe yeah it's never healthy no it it can be really unhealthy working on on music For you know too like long. yeah and and chasing things that that shouldn't be chased but you know you never know you yeah. never know <laughs> so i'm like i'm totally no, 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 i was I like working on something just, this morning just, so been, i'm just like oh, i'm God. sorry if i've been like digging into I just I absolutely love the record oh, pieces. And, really I, and it's been I don't want to I kind of don't want this to end but I do need to you have a show to do yeah yeah man. I just I'm it's gonna it's a beautiful venue inside it's really nice yeah, yeah. this is a good part of I'm town too to it. and I just yeah thank you very much for doing this it's so it's last minute. thank you so much for having me this is so sweet And here we are at the end of the show. A huge thank you to you, Leaf, uh, for your time and for your patience. I'm sorry if I was a bit of a mess on the day. <laughs> I feel like I was all over the place. But it was an absolute pleasure to sit down with you. And I hope you're well, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I hope you're good. Thank you, ma'am. Um, and of course, a huge thank you to Warren Borg, who is the man that edits this podcast together. Thank you very much, sir. Um, to Oshin Griffin, who is the man behind the graphics that you see online. I love him. Thank you for that, mate. Um, and to Josh Sanger, Closer Artist Management. Um, Josh, thank you for helping put all of this together. And of course, to Closer Artist, thank you very much. Now, most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you're enjoying them. Um, if you haven't done already, go back and listen to some previous episodes. There's something in each and every one of them to take away, I think. I think that's the case anyway. Um, yeah, and I hope you're happy. I hope you're smiling. I hope you're enjoying whatever you're doing. Um, my last request is that you just tell a friend. If you've enjoyed it, tell a friend. Come and join the party. We're waiting here. We're going to welcome them in. We've got tea and biscuits. Everybody's welcome. Um, in the meantime, I will see you next week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. <laughs>